welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. The idea behind this, if you've never been here before, is my name is C.J. Reynolds. I run this YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. And the idea here on Sunday nights is to help teachers out with whatever I can. I don't always have the answers, but that's why my trusted friends are in the comment section over there. And we are like a community of people that give up their an hour or so on their Sunday nights to, to give back and help people out however we can. If this isn't enough, you can go to my website, Real Rap with Reynolds, where you can sign up for, I mean, you can link to the Facebook group from there. You can link to, and sign up for mentoring. You can sign up to have me come speak at your school. You can, not there, but you can go over to my new company, UpgradeEd.Education, and you can sign up for the new bundle that we have coming out on behavior management and that drops next Saturday, 15. Sunday, Sunday, next Sunday, next 15, the 15th. Yes. Payday. Let's just say that because <laughs> really payday is on Friday, but because it's on falls on a weekend. But anyway, um, where we offer online professional development and that's it. I don't have anything else to talk about tonight, right? Nope. Let's just jump oh. into it because I want to get to as many questions as we can. Did you, what was the thing? You uh, book update? Oh, book update. Let's wait. I'll talk about the book yes. in the middle of the thing. When you're looking for a question and you don't want me to sing, we'll do that. Okay. Sound good? Um, all right. Well, I'm going to jump in. I see everybody over here all, by the way, in the comments section. I just want to say hello and thank you so much for being here. Like, I'm not like a like a machine here, but I want to like get as many questions done as I can because my wife feels bad every time we don't answer all the questions. Um, welcome to This Amazing Life. I also like when I just keep seeing the same people showing up because it's like, thanks for coming back. I've seen your name before. It stands out. Um, question. How do you deal with teenagers and puberty mood swings? Oh, brother. Um, I, I think by talking to kids about kind of what they're going through, I think that's a good answer. I would just say, like, look, giving kids space. I have given kids space to just check out for the day. I've given kids space to talk about what they're going through. Um but also just putting them in check sometimes, letting them know that they just can't do whatever they want, I think helps also. I, th I think it depends on the student. Um, you know, the, the trickiest thing about teaching ninth grade anyway is the kids, my students mature an incredible amount between the beginning of ninth grade and the beginning of 10th grade. So much so that every 10th grade class comes back every year. They look at the ninth grade class and they go, what's wrong with these kids? We weren't like this. Yep, uh-huh, you were 100% like this. But while we go through it, um, and get to the end and you do all this work, it's like the Sisyphus and his rock, like the rock just comes rolling all the way back down the hill and you got to start over again. So I think just not taking it that seriously either. I think that too many teachers, and I'm not saying you do this, but like I've just noticed because I noticed that I do this, take things too seriously or take it to be personal. And it's not really that personal. Like, like I've just grown to love students years after they've been in my class, not always when they're in my class. And I just think that that's important to keep in mind. Um, so that was like a, that was like a checks mix answer. It's like a little bit of everything. Um, Kristen, Kristen, Ivanova. I think that's right. Um, I have a student, a ninth grader who is already accepting zeros, tips to motivate. Kristen, I think the move there is always to figure out what students stories are like what's going on in their lives nobody wants a zero everybody wants to succeed i heard somebody 
who said this today? The guy that started Shake Shack was on a podcast and he said, everybody's got an invisible sign that says, um, make me, what is it? Make me feel important. I think he said, and then they have, uh, there's always a subtitle. They said by like, by what, by shutting up, by leaving me alone, by asking me about who I am, by connecting with me. Like, so I would just find out what that student's story is and not like in a way that you're like trying to get them to do work, but like, Hey, I just want to know like, what's going on, man. Like, you know, and if they tell you nothing or, or I don't want to talk about it or whatever, it is gently nudging that and asking questions they can't answer. Hey, um, look, you don't have to tell me anything that's going on, but I always do. This is my move all the time. You don't have to tell me anything that's going on, but I'm just wondering, like, is it a school thing or a home thing? That's it. You don't have to tell me what's going on. I'm just wondering if it's a school thing or home thing. Then they tell you it's a school thing. Um, is it in my class? Can you just tell me that? Like, I just want to know if it's in my class. And so you're just doing these little, like, like you're prying the box open one nail at a time instead of just trying to dynamite the whole thing. So that that's what I would do. And, and I think that will help a lot. Um, Angie Rogers is on here asking, what are some things that people do to motivate eighth graders during class? I think, Angie, I think explaining why you're doing something, number one, is really important. I don't think enough teachers spend enough time on that. They have answers like it's going to be on the test or you need to know this or in college, I wish you knew this or you know, like, um, you're going to fail for the year. Some kids, that's just not the thing that's going to like break through. It has to be real. Like algebra, we have to learn it because of this reason, like reading is actually important because of this reason, like, and know what your why is. And then I think also having kids, I don't think eighth grade's too early to have kids like reverse engineer what they want to be. So like, what is it that you're looking for? and then reverse engineer that situation. So if you want to be a nurse or an airplane pilot or a trash man or a YouTuber, like, and then trying to figure out how does your content that you're trying to teach connect to something in that world? Maybe it's speaking skills, writing skills, arguing skills. Like maybe it's um, being able to critically think. Maybe it's being able to convey your opinion, you know, or like listen to other people and take what they're saying to use it back against them. Like, what is it? the skill that they're, that they need to know and then connect that to your lesson. Turtle, I see you on here. All right. <laughs> I know you want me to see you on here. I'm just letting you know, turtle is my student and he's on here every week and he just keeps putting ridiculous turtle emojis all over the place. Um, traveling art room. That sounds, that sounds difficult. If you were on a cart as an art teacher. Yes. I feel like our daughter is like a, traveling artists around she our is. house well she just there's just things dribbled everywhere <laughs> um traveling art room is asking how do you balance youtube and teaching well let's take it a step further because i have so much stuff going on right now but with all that's going on so like balancing like writing the book and then trying to like get the cover artist to agree talking to the publisher mentoring upgrade ed coming out teaching YouTube stuff. What else? We have a meeting for Upgrade Ed every week. Yeah, a like weekly, all the stuff meeting. that's going. Yeah, Upgrade Ed is like three-hour meetings, like twice a week. Um, I think one, it's by being grateful. Everything I have going on, from brand deals to to trying to get like hands on a stick made so I can sell them. So to, from trying to get like new swag so I can sell it. Like it's all I fished what I wished, all of it. 
So like whenever I start freaking out or like complaining or there's too much going on, it's really like I wanted to do this. So Sunday night like can be like I was working all day, sat down to do this. And it's like I could complain about that. But why? Like this is what I wanted to do. I want all of you to show up on here. I wanted to help people out. I wanted to build, help build a community, not necessarily just build it, but like give space for a community to, to grow, to be able to help people out. And so, um, so I think the balancing happens in one being grateful and two being mindful of what I'm doing. So when I just watched the Eagles destroy the uh, Washington Redskins, which is like really, it's a hard name to even say Redskins. <laughs> it's just like so inappropriate, but like when I watched the Eagles destroy them today, I was a hundred percent mindful. I was hanging out with my wife and my son. And that's all I was doing. I was trying not to be on my phone or do other stuff. So that's the other thing. It was like being honed in and mindful. Steven is asking, um, I want to ask when giving consequences to students, wait, I want to ask when giving consequences to students, do you start fresh every new day? Uh, no, I think it has to like, to me, it's, a, it's always about having the difficult conversation. So it's like having the conversation with the student to clear the air and not just assuming that they want to clear the air or not just brushing things under the rug. It's like, no, like this is what happened yesterday. I need to check in with you and make sure that we're good. Like I, you know, and reminding kids, like, no matter how out of pocket the conversation got, like, you need to know that your success is my number one priority. It's the thing that I'm the most concerned with. That's it. So today, what I'd like to have happen is like, we do this, this and this, and then like, it's going to move the needle towards you being more successful. Can we do that today? Like, and then just having that quick conversation helps a lot. Um, yeah. Short and like those very brief. No, I know it's not normal for you. I know. Are you because the next <laughs> book's going to be called "Short Question, Long Answer." Uh, Natalie, why is her kid screaming outside? Someone's getting mugged. Um, <laughs> Natalie Schwartz is asking, "How do I stop working and just come home and be home?" Natalie, I think by realizing that there's really a kid, this, what is he doing out there? He's going nuts. Someone's not having a good day. Um, I think you have to just leave. Like, give yourself an out. Stop laughing at the kid screaming outside. I'm trying to answer Natalie's question. Um, I think that the the answer there is to just leave. I give myself an out where I'll tell my wife, like, I'm leaving by this time. I could literally stay at school all night. I really like being there. I like being in my room. I like hanging out with my friends. I like doing the work that I do. So it's about like putting my foot down and saying like, nope, I'm going to do this. So last night I had a ton of work to do. I'm not even completely ready for tomorrow, but some friends, uh, it was my friend Mary Beth's uh, birthday and they asked us to come over and I was like, yeah, man, you know what? Like I have a hundred other things to do, but I'm going to go do that instead. So that's what we did. And it was good because here's the thing. Uh, short answer to this is you need to know that that's not just taking off. You can only give what you have. So filling yourself back up with good stuff, right? And that, you know what that is. So whether that's good food or laughing with people or just watching, I don't know, Beverly Hills Cop 2, like whatever you're doing. That was such a random movie to reference. But whatever you're doing, filling yourself back up with that so that you can like have that time. Uh, I only have 20% of my phone, just so you know. Oh, okay. I'm just, just, you know, just want you to be... In the know. In the know. Thanks. Um, Anna is asking, do you ever do a lesson on 9-11? If so, 
uh, what do you use or do? Um, I, so I used to, but the students we have now were born after September 11th. So it's like a different conversation. I feel, I literally feel like this is what my grandfather must have thought when talking about Pearl Harbor, like he wouldn't, like he was there or, yeah. or whatever. And then that's crazy, right? you ha- you get to an age where like kids are like, Oh wait, is that what happened? Is that the plane thing? There's like a plane that this thing. And it's like, no, this was like a deeply impactful moment in my life. Like one of those moments that everybody knows exactly where they were, who they were with, what they were doing. And even my brother knows. And my brother remembers zero things in the world. I'm surprised he remembers his name most of the time. But um, so I don't anymore uh, because to be honest, like as a school, we don't even do like a moment of silence anymore. Remember we used to do that? Like it would stop like right then. So yeah anyway um i do not any longer because that's because of this it's not relevant to the students yeah that's interesting i bet that is a good question i would do that i think asking in the teacher talk group on facebook is the move for that one i'll bet dave dunn savage does some fire stuff Mm -hmm. for that um senior i don't really like my answer for that i don't like that i don't do something for that now like i don't like that that was my answer it's gonna bother me Got the she did. Stirred me you. up. I'm gonna have to think about something mm-hmm. or how I want to handle that because it was so important to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Senora, oh, I know your name. I see it on here all the time. I still can't say it. Kesha. Kes. Kasofa. She's. I feel like she's sitting at home saying it right now. Um, <laughs> Senora is asking, um, "What if? What if you have to call out the first week of school?" Or the first year of, of your first year. Um, th- look, it's tricky, but I mean, the first week, no matter what. So my daughter was born on the 15th of September. Marley was born on the 15th of September. So I was back to school for like a week or maybe two. And then I had to take off for like a week because we had a baby. And that was tough. So I think it's going to come down to like why you're doing it and what you're like, are you? what's going on. So it's, uh, I, I think that is a question I would go to a trusted member of admin and say, look, this is the situation. Like, are you trying to go to a concert or you have a dentist appointment? That's urgent. Like, so I think it depends on, on the situation, but, um, yeah, that's tough, man. I, geez, what do you think about that? I'm going to throw it to you. I wasn't really listening. For, she has to call out the first week of her first year of teaching. I think you just go and have a face-to-face conversation with someone. Yeah. And, like, even admit that it's a strange and weird thing. And yeah. I think if you're just... I think if you're honest. And honest you look, and queer about, like... You look earnest about... Like, I think if yeah. you are like that, then it comes off, like, cool. It comes off genuine. Yeah. And when you come off genuine and you when you know something about someone or how much it bothers them, it makes it understandable you look really tired tonight you look like you might fall asleep man okay um natalie schwartz is asking how do you handle constant interruptions especially from kids with adhd with little special ed support natalie i would say um oh that perked you up didn't it Mm -hmm. um natalie i would say by trying to create spaces in your room where kids can move so stand-up desks win all the time. And I have new stand-up desks in the back of my room where I literally took the old science tables that they were throwing out 
I took the legs off of them and I put four by fours on there and just screwed those suckers in. So now I have these like industrial strength, prison strength tables in the back of my room. Um, and that gives kids a little bit of a chance to move. I think buying manipulative. So I usually go to like five and below and get like, or the dollar store and get like silly putty or um, ex- cheap exercise bands for the bottom of their, their desks. I've seen people use pipe cleaners are good because they can just like sit there and wrap around their pencil or wrap around their finger. You're giving them something to do. You're, you're recognizing that that regular class does not fit every single child. And so why are you making hand motions over there? The fuzzy balls that, um, Oh, fuzzy balls that unicorn kitty. Yeah. 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 You have to uh, tear them at the bottom. Like, yeah. Like, or Velcro on the bottom of the desk. Brody's teachers used to do for him. Um, and then asking those students, like, what do they need? What's worked before helps also. And I think calling home, calling home and saying, Hey, look, this is just a thing I'm noticing in class. Um, and I'm wondering what you've done in the past to, to help your child succeed. And what have other teachers done that has helped a lot as well? And I think that that's what I would do. Uh, Leela. I don't know why that sounded like it was going to be difficult. It just looked like it was going to be difficult, but it wasn't. Leela is asking a question. Is there a really, is there really a honeymoon period? Things are going well. So I should be prepared for some kind of dark reality when it hits in the first couple of weeks, first year literature teacher here in high school. So look, it depends. I think it's not necessarily a honeymoon period, but the kids, my students came in really quiet last week, my freshmen. And the reason for that is because some of them went to our middle school and some of them did not. And they kept those two groups separate all summer. So that when they came in, they didn't know one another, which helped keep it quiet in the beginning of the year. I think it's what you're going to do next. So are you like, how engaging are you going to be? Like now all the focus is on you. Now, can you produce something that's actually worth learning, worth listening to, worth doing? And I think when you do that, you win kids over. So, but that, you know, for sure, somebody's going to act out at some point or something's going to happen at some point, but it doesn't have to turn into like a dark night of the soul kind of a thing. Like just hang in there and just like keep doing a good job and the kids will buy into that. And then I always use like this thing where if someone starts acting out of pocket, I go, yo, what are you doing? Like, we don't, we don't do this in this class. And then that works for some reason. And kids are like, oh, you're, you're right, Reynolds, my bad, my bad. And then we don't have an issue. So that's what I would do. Uh, Janelle Brown is asking, what are your opinions on teaching at a public versus private school? So I used to have really strong opinions on this. I used to think that the only place, and I talk about this in my book a little bit, um, that's coming out. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, I used to think that teaching in the inner city was the only thing that was truly valuable. I felt like suburban kids had it all that they had it made. They had, it came from like good homes and like money or like private school kids were like the next level where they had good teachers and they had access to everything. And to be honest, the longer I've taught them really because of doing YouTube also, it has opened me up and really made me think that like all students need good teachers and that there are kids at private schools that are going through really hard stuff, just like some of my students are, that it doesn't mean just because there's like shootings in your neighborhood and open air drug trade on every corner, that doesn't mean that that, that neighborhood is more in need of good teachers than anywhere else. Now, now look, I mean, 
they they are because we just don't like we can't retain teachers in the inner city and they and we get like untrained like underprepared folks that come in but i think kids are kids i think all kids from all over the place could possibly be going through stuff i mean like look i mean if you look at schools that like have school shootings those are suburban schools they're not inner city schools that like that that happens in mass shootings anyway and so i think it's a level of care where kids are slipping through the cracks and kids are look like they got it made and their parents are together and pops making a lot of money, but like they're alone, like no one really cares for them. And so I, I used to think differently, but now I realize that kids are kids and we need to take care of all kids, no matter where they come from and keep an eye out for kids that feel invisible and help them to know that they are visible. Um, Amy Russell, Amy Russell. I, I feel like I haven't seen Amy Russell in a while. She sent us a picture a while ago when we did the teacher appreciation oh, thing, yeah. I remember. Um, do you think that seating arrangements is a potential classroom management issue? I have avoided doing rows, but may need to get it uh, to get over that because my junior high classes are cray-cray. So, Amy, I think um, I do rows. Look, I, ultimately, I would not do rows, right? My classroom looks like a 1950s classroom, and I'm just not into it. The, the tricky part that my friends do when I talk about this at school is that a lot of students, not all of them from my school come from eight years of madness. And so even when people like I get a lot of crap on videos, when I talk about like taking points off for behavior and stuff like that. And I don't really like no one ever failed because of behavior, but the word points has so much gravity, right? The idea of having a seating chart in rows has so much gravity because that's what the students know. So that's where we start. And then we go from there. So in the beginning of the year, I have rows. Everyone sits alphabetically. A in the front goes A, B, C, D back and then crosses over and then comes back up front. So you don't have to like when you're handing stuff out, you don't have to go down the aisle and then walk to the back of the front and then go down the aisle and then walk back to the front. You just kind of can sneak around the room. It's a lot more effortless. I think that that's where I start because if I just start it with flexible seating, I don't know what anyone's needs are, right? Like everyone wants to sit in the back Everyone wants to stand at a stand-up desk, but it's like, who needs that stuff? And who knows one another? And who do I need to separate? So I just find that the seating chart in the beginning of the year helps. And then as we get into the year, I don't care where you sit. You can move wherever you want. So just so long as you're sitting down when the bell rings so that I can get started and jump into it. Yeah. Um, that's all I really care about. I'm not sure if it's a question. Um, e EDT and then capital G. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. So EDT, here's your answer. Um, hey Reynolds, I'm about to finish my CELTA, CELTA course, and start my first teaching job. I'm not sure what that course is. Could be, yeah. All right, so let's say, um, one of my biggest fears about teaching, a three-hour class. I get so much anxiety thinking about not timing things right. I think when you start teaching, you're not going to time things right. You will get used to it, though, and start feeling that out. Um, so just know that going in. Like, it's like here's what, what folks forget all the time is that it's a craft. And you have to just you try something and be very transparent with your students. You don't have to tell them it's your first year or, or anything like that. But like, yo, gang, never taught three hours before. Let's see how this goes and we'll adjust. And then try it, see how it works, and then just keep making notes. Um, I would... You know, I've never taught a class that was that long, but what I think I would do anyway, because I do this in all my classes, is put 
minutes next to each activity. So then you have a sense, excuse me, you have a sense of like what is happening next. So for me, it's like three minutes for pre-class. It's like a five minute talking period. It's like 10, eight to 10 minutes of me like talking about something so that we can like of what we're going to get into that day. And then the activity and then the closing, whatever the closing situation looks like. But by putting time next to that, I can keep like watch on my phone or on my watch or just watch the clock on the wall. And you have a sense that like, am I on time or not on time? And then adjust from there. So if anybody in the comments, if any of you have like an idea of like what to do to help somebody like that has a three hour class, like manage their time, that really, that would be awesome to be able to do that. I bet Richard Royster knows. Uh, knows Tracy Pinter said that she managed it as if it were like three one-hour classes. Oh, that's a good like idea. Break it out. Yeah, I thought so too. Three hours is so long. That just seems like not a good idea for Can anything. You do three different subjects. I wouldn't even want to go to a concert that was three hours long. Tracy Pinter's. I didn't even want to watch the end of the Eagles game because it was too long. I was starting to get antsy. I know. <laughs> All right, we're done. But or Brody, Brody was like, no. There's 30 seconds left. I'm like, that's like seven minutes in football right? time, man. Football time is just like teaching time. Seven minutes at the end is like, whew, too large. Uh, Maisha Hutchinson is asking, hey, Reynolds, will you make an evening routine video to bookmark your morning routine video? Do you know who had an evening vi video today? Michelle. Michelle. Came of course she did. <laughs> so Michelle from Pocketful Primary um, is a good friend of mine. And so she, when I put up my morning routine video, she was like, just so you know wasn't ripping you off and i was like you did a morning routine video and she's like no i didn't do it because you did it i was like it's all right like that fine influence you too with the evening one. yeah so i am going to do evening routine um which might look like me drinking wine and falling asleep on the couch or <laughs> <laughs> just sitting at your computer yeah. doing work <laughs> no but i have i've thought a lot about the the evening routine lately um real quick i want to mention on here um because we're in the middle and then i'm going to get to uh mike been lit uh, which is a great name. Um, this question next. So I talked with my publisher this week. I have a, so if you don't know, if you're new here, um, I have a book coming out. Um, I've not announced the title yet or very much about it, but it's going to be a teaching book that I wish existed when I started teaching, just like my YouTube channel stuff that I wish existed when I first started teaching. Um, but it's going to have a lot more stories and really share some like in-depth looks as to why I do what I do. And I share some stuff in there that like I've never talked about before about myself, about students and schools and stuff like that. Um, I did, however, so I talked with the publisher and the book depending, right? It's part of this depends on my cover artist. I got an artist. Can I talk about this? Should I say his name? Sure. I mean, you have already. All right. So um, I've talked about him before, but uh, he goes by Cultures Clothing. So if you look him up on Instagram, it's at Cultures Clothing. His stuff is amazing. He came into school on Friday, hung out with my students for like an hour and a half. Um, I think we're going to do a mural in my room on the wall. He's going to do the cover for my book. And I'm just like, when I knew I was doing a book, oh. it was like the only person I could think of immediately that I was like, this is the only person that I want to do the cover, like, and I will we'll make it happen. And so it's happening. Like that's actually going to happen. The flip side is um, because he's an artist and he's not a cover artist. It's like, he might, like, it might take a little bit longer, but so the book could come out anywhere from looks like end of June or end of June, no, end of 
January is like a, a tentative date to the beginning of March based on like how long does it take me to get my edits back and stuff. I want them to come out fast because I want the book to come out and I want to get a bunch of speaking gigs this summer and I want to come to everyone's school and talk and do stuff. So um, that's what the the title or the, the timeline is looking like right now. But I'm really excited. It's so fun to get like, like emails from the editor or emails from like the publisher. And you're just like, man, it's like a, it's like a real thing. Like I really yeah, wrote a book and now some professionals like talking to me about my cover and my acknowledgement page and my dedication page it's and fun. like getting blurbs for the Do inside. Do you want to tell everybody what stuff. the title is? Do we want to talk about the title? That's up to you. I th- oh man. Yeah, why not? All right. I'll talk about it. Um, so the title of the book is going to be teach your class off. Um, with the subtitle is the no BS guide to education. So yes. So teach your class off is the name of my book. Cause I wasn't allowed to call teach your ass off. Cause that first of all, it sounds painful. And so that's, that's where we're at now. Um, Mike Binlet is asking Reynolds, how do you, how do you think new teachers should deal with misbehaving students? I personally believe some teachers aren't capable of dealing with them and sending and sends them to the SSO for further instructions. Um, I believe it isn't a great way to handle things. I, I think you can just walk behind me. Go ahead. So here goes Marley. Ta-da. Um, I think dealing with misbehaving students is folks get overly upset with the things that are going on in their classroom. And I know I do this too. I think the best way to deal with misbehaving students is one, come in the class as much as now my neighbors are arguing outside of the window. It sounds like craziness out there. Um, so they are, oh gosh, that's really, man is like, all right. So that's, you know, new, there's all kinds of newness. There was a baby screaming in the street. Now this, um, I think one is, is coming into school in the best form that you can. Right. So like, I've been reading a lot about like mental, mental health lately in terms of like, turns out that like things like depression are also connected to things like um, your gut health. So making sure that you are like, you're eating the right kind of food. You're getting plenty of sleep. You are, uh, what is happening back there? What are you doing, girl? She FaceTiming someone? Yes. She's nine. Who FaceTimes? Look at her. She looks like a teenager. She's got a purse on. Going out. Going out tonight on a bike. They, it's a homeschool life. Um, so I think that just making sure you're in the best condition you can be. Second thing is pulling kids aside and saying, bro, what's going on in class? This is what I'm noticing. And I'm wondering if I did anything to upset you or to set this situation off. Can we talk about it? And I think that handling things like that really helps students because you're not blaming them. You're not doing in front of the whole class. You're saying, yo, we got to figure this out, man, because like, I want you to be successful, but like, I'm feeling some type of way about what's happening in class and let's get to the bottom of it. And then having a real conversation with students. I think that I really think that any teacher can learn to do that. And that, you know, what you'll find is that over time you will win those students over because they'll see that you're consistent. They'll see that you care. They'll see that you're really doing this for a reason. And sometimes that's not going to be this year. Guys, sometimes the connection point with students does not happen in that first year. I literally had a, a conversation with two students the other day that were a complete pain in my ass their freshman year. Not until now, till they're seniors. I literally heard, overheard them talking the other day 
that one kid said that, yo, I didn't like Reynolds freshman year, but like now, like he's like really like one of the best teachers I've ever had. And another kid who was a complete equal pain in my ass also was like, no, nah, I always knew ever since freshman year, I've given Reynolds a hard time, but I always knew he was one of the best teachers I ever met in my life. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You made me come home and like want to just drink my life away when I came home because you were so like disrespectful and annoying and like it was too much. And then, so, you know, so you just you don't know when you're going to kind of like jump in and like connect with a student. What are you going to show me? Um, that person. Yo, I know MCT, you little turd. I know MCT. <laughs> MCT is. Well, you um, just asked that question that you just answered. So that's fun. Look, man. So MCT is a student of mine. Um, he is. He, I, MCT was in a video where I palmed his face my, when I first oh, started I teaching remember. when he was walking down the hallway because he was trying to get yeah. his mitt up all over my camera. So I grabbed his backpack, I pulled him back, and then I, I think I palmed uh-huh. his face in the hallway or something like that. Um, but I, I, look, I mean, look, dude. I'm just thinking of a lot of things now because this is a student. When kids are older, it just, sometimes it takes like, look, look at all the teachers that aren't in our school anymore, right? Like so many teachers from when even you were a freshman that don't go to our school anymore, like just by virtue of sticking around, you win. So like, and I think it takes the part of the student to really give people a shot sometimes because sometimes they'll judge folks on like the way that they look or the way that they act or whatever on the first few days. And they're like, nah, this dude's not worth my time. And it's like, bro, you got to relax and like see what this man or this woman is actually capable of and, and know that they showed up for you and then see what that does. Like, and give him a, give him a fair shot. Um, that's really funny that he's on here. Uh, Genevieve King is asking, how do you treat independent reading in your class? Do you give an assessment or a journal entries? Um, I don't do anything generally. I think SSR times like sustained silent reading or independent reading as we call it that we do maybe once a week should only be for that. It's only to instill a love of reading in students, putting a book in front of them that they like and that they have quiet time to read where they're not distracted by their phone or by other students or by anything else that's going on in the world. I think that that is completely worth it doing just in and of itself. It doesn't need to be graded. And the reason I think that is because like, look, what if you went to a movie and there was a quiz afterwards, right? You're just like, you're going to watch it differently. You're not going to like engage with it the same way. When I get to go to all these conferences to sit in on a conference and know that there's not a quiz afterwards that I can pick up the things I want and think about them in the way that I want and like just kind of sit with it for a while. There's real power in that. And I think we need to model that for students and show them that there's a lot of power in reading. It's not how fast you can get it done. It's not, are you retaining the information? It's not, did you remember what color someone's dress was? Like it is just reading for the love of reading. Um, the word, the word on third, uh, Corey is asking, how do you deal with parents who make excuses for their students' grades and are you, and are wanting to sit in on their, sit in class with their student and basically do the work for them? I think student parents being in class is weird. Um, I would not allow that if I was a teacher um, or I am a teacher, but like it's happened a couple of times where some like irate parent has come up to the school and followed their child around for the day. But I don't, I, kids aren't going to act the same. Plus they're going to get ridiculed afterwards. There's like a hundred things wrong with that. 
parents that stick up for their students, I think there's two things there. I think it is one, parents who have been wronged by the school system and now they want to see, like, it's like you can't trust the school anymore. You can't trust the teachers because you've been, you've been dogged so many times that like now you have to see it for yourself and try and help where you can, right? I know that we felt that way about our school district where, you know, we wanted to go up to the school and see like what Brody was learning and how things were going there. I wanted to sit in a whole day with him because yeah. I felt like everyone sucked. Yeah. And, and so I see that the other thing is, um, look, no one's going to win. Like that kid's just going to lose in life. If it's just their parents, like trying to celebrate, like if the kid isn't doing the work and the, and it's not the teacher of the school's fault, like that parent doing that much, like once they get out into the world, they're just going to lose. Cause it, what are they going to do? Do that for their job, do that for their wife, like, or their husband, like it's just going to not win. What I would do is talk to that parent and say, what can we do here? Like, what is it like, if you had the ideal school year, what would it look like for your student? What would the tutoring look like or the after school help or the working class? Like, let's have that conversation about like, what are the things that you've been missing out on that you wish you saw with your student? It doesn't mean you have to implement all of them, but they can influence that way you do stuff in class. Like that, that would be fine. But that, that's how I would kind of handle that. Just call that parent up and get right up in their face with all your love and show them like what you're willing to do for their student. Two, two for F Weber. Got it. F Weber's asking, I'm so excited to be a senior in high school. Good job, man. Congratulations. Um, I don't know if you're a dude actually, but I, that was an assumption. <laughs> Move on. Um, I am a teacher aiding for a sped. I, I am teacher aiding for a sped teacher who works with students with SLDs. Uh, is it cool that the kids are, it is cool and the kids are so much fun. I'm doing a really good job of reading. She asked me if there was anything I wanted to learn. Or do, and I don't have any ideas. I was wondering if you have any ideas for me, Reynolds. Look, I think, um, gosh. Is senior in high, they're a senior in high school, but they're being a teacher assistant yeah. to someone in a, like a SLD. Like I don't know that I would have a thing if I were you that I wanted to do. What I would be open to is I like telling, like when I student taught, I think on the first day I walked in and I said something like, how do I make your year easier? Like I want the experience. Don't push me off to the side. Don't have me doing some, some nonsense. Like, um, unless you really need that done, unless it makes your life easier, but I want to engage. I want to be a part of what's happening here. And I think that that really helps teachers out. They get stoked about that stuff. Like, Oh, someone wants to be here. Like I've had co-teachers for years now come in from, uh, not co-teachers like, uh, they come in to observe my class, like from different colleges. They'll hit me up and be like, Hey, can we send students to your class? Uh, yeah, like practicum students. And some just want to sit on their phone in the back. They come late, they leave early, they're on their phone the whole time, just looking up stuff and they're useless. And then other students like uh, Christina and Maggie from St. Joe's have come in multiple years in a row, really want to be a part of things. They want to like be in small reading groups. They want to help like foster conversation with students. They want like kids to know that they are seen. So I think you just being an active participant in that classroom is going to have a really great effect on those students. And then just making sure the teacher knows that like, I want to do stuff. Like, don't just let me, like, I don't want to just sit in the back and watch YouTube videos unless you're watching real rapid Reynolds. And then, you know, it's like professional development on your phone. Um, but other than that, I, I would want to get in there and like get my hands dirty. Uh, my buddy, Nayara. Um, I like mm. mentioning that AR lives in China all the time because I Good think morning. that the internet is amazing. My school is standards-based uh, 
grading school. So I can't give points for homework. I actually like it this way. And I think that I think there's a lot of validity there. And that's a really interesting model. Any ideas for consequences for not doing homework? Um, Bad test grades? It'll just reflect maybe? I, I don't I know. I think... No, well, she doesn't. They don't do grades. They do like standards based. So it's like, did you master the? No, content? I mean, right. So like, if you're not doing your homework, which is the incentive behind homework, is to help you learn the content more. If you're not doing the homework, then you're not going to get a good test grade. Yeah, I would. I would make sure simple. that I the students understand why they have to do the homework right. first of all. Like, what is this towards? Am I just doing homework to do homework, or is it going to lead to mastery? And this is how it's going to lead to mastery. I think breaking down why we're doing stuff. And what it's going to lead to are like the two most important things that you can explain to students because then it becomes an intrinsic like conflict for them, right? And and if they don't do it, like I don't I don't know for standards based. I don't know like what's the what's the repercussion like for not doing it? They're just like not growing and learning, like well, yeah. So it has to be intrinsic, right? If you have yeah. to break down the why, that's the only like, thing I can think only... of to, to say. I wonder if anybody else has an answer for that. Like, I don't know. Um, to, but like, so Nayar is on here and she has this lovely profile picture. Um, yeah, and, she just said there's no repercussion. Yeah, so I, I think I'd be really interested in like what other folks are, are kind of saying about that. Because I feel like punishing them for like, it's like, what are you supposed to do? Take away a special thing that happens in the classroom or yeah. a special treat. Maybe you that. could have a policy that like, Right. I mean, maybe you could have a policy that like everybody gets something if they do homework, but then it's rewards. based. So look, I'm not a, look, the whole world's rewards. based. I mean, yeah, I get it. We right? go to work I, because I totally. we love helping kids, but I love getting a paycheck also. Right. And I, if 100%. I didn't get one, I couldn't afford to be there. Right. Like I love making stuff. Right. So like, I get the idea behind like, why do we even play this game? That, like, yeah. That we want everything to be intrinsic, right. but it's like the whole world's extrinsic. Like, right. you know, yeah, so maybe make it a rewards base, something really simple and cheap. Like, but that's still a tough yeah. one. Like, but even like, I buy you flowers because I know it's going to make you happy, and then you're going to yeah. go, "Oh, babe, you're the best!" <laughs> right? It's like it's a both end a lot of times. Um, pineapple nom. I don't know what that is, but that is some <laughs> kind of profile picture with a pineapple with eyes and mouth on it. Um, since corporal punishment, is this a real question? Yes. All right. Since corporal punishment is illegal and the learners don't feel that feel that break detention is effective, um, what can I make as a consequence for bad behavior or not completing work on time? Jeez, um, I I think I'm going back to my same answer. I'm going back to why are students doing what they're doing? So like. Look, I mean, I don't do I don't do late work. I don't take late work at all unless there's like an ex, like some sort of like something growing on in the student's life, right? Like someone got sick, someone died, their parents made them go somewhere. Like there has to be a thing, right? Like, but otherwise, I don't take late work because I just think in the real world, like you can't go to your boss and say like, "Hey, um, I didn't get enough hours this week because I called out a lot." Like, but my wife's going to be really mad at me if I don't have forty hours at the end of the week. So, can you hook it up? No, they're not going to just hook it up. Um, so that's part of my reason, and I explain that that's my why to my students. Um, and I also just don't want students like showing up at the end of the, the trimester, the marking period, like trying to get a whole bunch of makeup work that is going to 
like really affect their grade. I want them to learn to manage their time. Like there's all these soft skills wrapped up in this. Also, it's not school isn't just the mastery of content. There are all these soft life skills too that we need to teach students like how to advocate for themselves, how to best use their time. Like, and then of course, mastery of content is important as well. But um, I would have the conversation with them. And like my wife said, like I, I do stuff like when I do like cereal day, which for those of you that don't know, we eat cereal every year with that is cereal with the least nutritional value as a group. The only kids that get to go and be a part of that are kids that are like doing the work. And it doesn't, it's not grade based. It's like ability based. So like you could have a D in my class, but you're still working really hard. And I see that, or you had a really low F before and you put in work and now you have a much better F. But so I'm seeing the growth. I'm seeing that you're giving that effort. That could be a part of it as well. Or when I take tons of class trips, like I only take kids that deserve to go. And that, again, that's not exactly your grade, but like one, can I trust you? Two, are you like doing the things that I'm asking? And then in taking just small groups on things like class trips, I love when students come back and they are like ecstatic about what happened. We met a celebrity. We got to be on someone's YouTube channel. We went to a really great place. We went to an awesome play. We got to go see someone do graffiti art downtown. And then that is an incentive for kids to like kind of get their stuff together because otherwise they're missing out on this amazing opportunity. So I think that a couple of those things work as well. Um, Jennifer Ellison is asking, how do you balance accountability with grace? I am often the lone wolf trying to advocate for kids who have messy behavior because they're of their messy lives and other teachers don't get it. Jennifer, I would say, gosh, what, one of the things I would look into is what was that dude's name that came and spoke at our school the other day? Snap. He referenced two movies and one of them was called paper tigers. And it has to do with students that grow up in trauma and then are sort of acting out because of that. And not just the trauma. Like one of the things that like, I, I think teachers get confused a lot is teachers think that trauma is like you grew up, and you were beaten or just sexually abused or you saw something horrific, like trauma could be a lot more than that. And I'm not, that doesn't take away from those other things at all. But like, if your parents like verbally abused you or like were psychologically abusive to you, or you just happened to move a lot, you had no stability in your life, like all these things can be traumatic to young people. And so I, I would ask the school to do like, see if your school could do, um, like a training on that um, or get someone like reach out to someone like, ah, what was that dude's name? It was, she can email us. If you email me, I'll, I'll email his name back to you right away because I think he's really interesting and he's someone that you can connect with. He's a lawyer now, he does educational law, but he used to teach and he's like trauma based. It is like his jam. Um, and even like, look, not, not to just pull the company into it because that's not my style, but um up with upgrade ed, what we're trying to do is like, eventually we are trying, I've been collecting professionals for years now that I've become friends with or connected with. And what we're trying to do with upgrade ed is have lessons eventually dialed into like real niche things like trauma, dysgraph dysgraphia, dyscalculia, dyslexia, autism. Like how do you ADHD. deal with students that are like that there's only one or two maybe in your school or in your class and and get some training on how to help those students instead of we always just kind of like look at the big picture or the biggest problems and we and we speak to them in professional development but like what if you have like these 
like you don't know anything about this dysgraphia and like you have a student like that. So I would say, look, the bottom line here is keep doing what you're doing because it's only about the students. It's never about yeah. anybody else to hell with whatever other teacher in your school says, if they don't get down with this so she said and just that, advocate for them. Yeah. She said they just see the behavior and not that like her co-teachers or other. So I think the other thing that I would say is, the Facebook group. The Facebook group is such a good. Yeah, but how do you deal with those coworkers? That's the question. That's the real problem. I, it's like you're dealing with these people every day, and you're supposed to be a team yeah. in the community, and they're just damning these students. And so, I don't know. I think. I think when you're in it alone, though, it's mm-hmm. it's everything's more overwhelming, right? Do you ever walk down the street? I say and you see like with a, science. You see like a group of dudes standing on the corner, right? It can be nerve wracking, right? Yeah. Especially young people because you're just never sure what the hell they're up to. Yeah, because they're eight. Yeah, because they're just <laughs> dumb. We were dumb. We were the kids on the corner one time. Um, but if you're walking towards them and you're by yourself, you feel there's a certain kind of anxiety that you yeah. feel. But if you're with a bunch of other people that you know have your back, it's not like you're going to fight them, but you just don't get nervous like that. And I think the Facebook group could work like that because what it's doing is giving people a connection point to other folks that think and feel the same way. Yes, and then even though they're not with you when you go to school, they're, this sounds cheesy, but they're with you in your heart and <laughs> you can take them with you and then have someone to communicate with. Look at your dyslexia. I know. Like group you were in. That if was I all world. Those, yep. Like I all those special ed parents that were on there. Like that was all world to you. So I think that is a, a big deal. Um, Rachel Biggs is asked, Rachel Biggs, you don't see very many people with a black and white profile picture. Good work. Um, any advice for a teaching assistant who is on the fence about whether to go into teaching or not? Rachel, I think one teaching, being a teaching assistant is awesome because what that's going to do is allow you to like be among students and you're not just like, you're not a non-swimmer who's never been in water trying to decide if they want to swim. You're like actually in the water and seeing if you like this kind of stuff. Um, but I wouldn't just base it on this one instance because I don't know who you're partnered up with and if that person's not very good or if they're not having fun or they don't make it look interesting then you might go no I don't think I want to do this anymore because this looks like you hate it I would try and get in with other groups as well and I think the best way to do that is to tutor Um, go on Craigslist put an ad out there put something out on Facebook tell people that you tutor and then you're making money and you're helping students and you will start to see what that feels like to take a student that didn't think they could and show them that they can and the, the, the amazing feeling that you get from just that. Peachy Teachy. Did we already see this before? Because I feel like I've seen this profile. And I, yeah, that's a really, asked a couple of questions. That is an awesome yeah. name, especially because we it's almost bought a peach right. farm last year mm-hmm. and then somebody else bought it. So right. didn't get that one. Um. I have a kiddo that is high ability with his, wait, I have a kiddo that is high ability, but his ADHD is getting in his way. I have given him several fidgets, but he keeps breaking them. (laughs) What do I do? Oh, um, I'm laughing because I know, I know those students. I would, I think calling home is a good move there. I think most students that have parents, like most kids that are like, have any sort of learning disability or learning difference. When you call home, it's usually like your kid keeps breaking all the fidgets that I give him. Your kid will not get on. I'm not saying you're doing this right, but like, I just, I've heard these conversations in the staff room before and, and amongst people, like even out for drinks where they're just like, I know, I don't know what else to do. He, all he does is break everything all the time. Or all he does is like this or this or this or this. Parents know their kids. If you call home and say, 
here's what I'm trying to do. Like almost laughingly, I keep giving him stuff, but he breaks it all the time. Should I, it's like my dog, my dog destroys every toy. Should I just get him like a Kong dog toy that he can chew on the back? Like, what am I supposed to do with your student? Because parents know, and then you're, you're bought, you're like building that relationship. Maybe you call home once a week. Maybe you um, connect with them on in, in a different way, but like, it's going to give you insight into who that student is. And then I would ask other teachers in your school that are positive teachers. I wouldn't go to the miserable curmudgeons. They're not going to give you anything good to go off of. But say, hey, who else has this dude? I'm having a hard time. I'm running out of money. I'm running out of fidgets. And I'm not really sure how to help this dude be the best that they can be. The parent might not even know. Like when my son gets – so our son has ADHD. He takes meds every day. When he's in school, I don't know when those things are wearing off all the time. I know that when he comes home, it's like, wow, it's like, it's like the Tasmanian devil and Gonzo and animal from the Muppets, like got together and made a person sometimes. <laughs> so when he comes home, it's crazy town, but I don't know when that started. So if a teacher doesn't reach out and say, look, I'm, this is the time of day. This is what I'm noticing. And it could be early in the day. Like that student might, you know, I know for our son, it takes 45 minutes to kick in. And so that first 45 minutes, if we give them to him right before he goes to school, it's like we make a quick phone call. It's like, yo, look out for uh, madness for 45 minutes. We're trying to like make them last longer into the day. So you're just giving mom like a heads up and looking for a little help there. That's what I would do. Um, Ellen Mayer, I think that's pronounced, says, hey, I'm going to teach age 12 through 18 student teacher. And I'm trying. That's a huge gap. And I'm trying to think of creative, engaging ways to get kids to intro themselves and to buy and to build relationships with them during TP. Any good ideas? I think um, a couple things. I think there's simple ones. I was just talking to a friend about this the other day. Um, getting kids to talk about their names. Like, where'd your name come from? That's a really quick, easy thing. Like, why are you? So, like, I was always... I loved telling that story when I was growing up. Like my name's Charles John Reynolds the third. I loved the idea that I was named after my dad and my grandfather and really his father who just didn't have the John. So I was almost a fourth and sounded even more like a Pope. Now I just sound like a rich kid. Um, I, I think also having kids map out their lives. I've, I have a whole lesson on this. If you type in life map into my YouTube channel, there's a whole video on this where I like the idea of kids mapping out their lives from birth until now in 10 events how did you get from this, from, you know, a baby to you? Like what things made you, you who was born, who died? What did you start doing? What, you know, extracurricular activity means a lot to you. Um, have you moved Who lives with you? Like all that stuff is a really good, gives you really good insight into who students are. And students are largely not worried to talk about it because it's about them. Like they can talk about, like they can make themselves look good. And it's the one thing they know the best is themselves. This shifted. Oh, wait, is it this one? Yes. Okay. Um, my buddy Kimberly Wallback is asking, what is your favorite book to read with your students? Um, it's changed over the years. So I like... I like different books for different reasons. I like the Odyssey because I like the hero's journey and I like the idea of like going through some really heavy stuff to come out better on the other side. Cause I feel like that's been my life. I like reading Lord of the flies. Cause I love talking about toxic masculinity. I like talking about who are we when no one else is looking that kind of thing. I like, um, 
but probably Of Mice and Men is my favorite book of all time. It used to be Romeo and Juliet, but they took that away from me. They also took Mice and Men away from me too and sent it to the eighth grade. But that conversation about like, what does it mean to be someone's friend? What does it mean to be alone? What does it like, there's so much good stuff. Like, what does it mean to like, want to belong? There's all these lonely people in the book that just like want so badly to connect with people, but because of everyone's lack of ability to be vulnerable, it is, it just destroys them. And so, and I just love the language. I love the way that book's written. It is so beautiful. And there's like certain parts, like when George describes the farms they're going to get one day, every single time that we read that, I'm like, damn, this is one of the best things, man. It's like the end of Shawshank Redemption. You're just like, damn, every time, bro, gets me. It's the best. Uh, the new teacher is asking, do you have a creative way to for teaching vocabulary? Giving them lifts on Mondays and quizzes on Fridays feels tired to me and my students. To be honest with you, I'm looking for new stuff. I'm trying to think of ways this year that are going to be more interesting. I agree. I just think that that idea of like, Rote memorization just sucks. Is that the email? I see. Based on that thing. Um, so like even things like the Frere model and like, I get that that works. I get it. it and it does, but, but making vocab more meaningful is really important to me this year. And it's something I really want to focus on. So um, I don't think I have an answer, but I will be talking about it on my YouTube you channel. You should go ask the shop group. The teacher talk group. I should go and ask them. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. I am going to go talk to the teacher talk group. Uh, and if anybody else has an answer to that too, I think that's a, a really great question. Like, what do you do with, with vocab? Like, how do you make that meaningful? Because it just feels like a fancy yeah. way of making kids memorize stuff. For Even no reason. in, I remember right. in high school, vocab sucked. It was just, here's a list, memorize it. But it's important, like, because you want to you want to expand your word usage. You want to be able to have a broader vocabulary because then you can really learn to tell your story and, and reading, share your ideas better. Gives you that. Reading does also, but if you don't know what words mean all the time, you know, I see it. I don't know. Someone's got to have some kind of revolutionary idea on how to do this. I, there's this little calendar that keeps being advertised to me on Facebook and I love it because it's a visual aid. So it gives like a word a day and a great visual that goes with it to help memorize. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to use for our kids. All right. I like that you're <laughs> talking to me while you're playing with slime. I right am. <laughs> she has to say that. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> gross and distracting. Uh, Madeline Stevens is asking, I'm in the midst of applying for a job as a help desk slash tech teacher. How should I answer this interview question? How will I balance those two roles? Ah, uh, that's a oh man. Help desk tag teacher. I would say I don't. I don't know that there is a balance. I, I. It's like look. Let me make this metaphor. I think it's like when people say like, "How do you do work life balance?" I don't think you do. I think it's a myth that you can have them perfectly balanced out so that you're doing yeah. both. I think. You go where the need is. And so, and you have a hard out. So like, I know when I am working a ton. So this week, Upgrade Ed launches officially, like everyone that bought their courses gets them on the fifth, on Sunday, the 15th, right? That's the first day that it comes out. There's a lot of work to be done between now and then. So I'm straight working this week. And I have a couple weird experiments I'm doing this week also that I've signed up for that I'm going to tell everyone about in the video, but 
Um, essentially, I'm seeing hypnotist, but this is a whole another thing, right? Oh um, but I am, so I'll go hard on that this week. But next weekend, like after this, the following week is going to be no, nothing. Like it's just going to be just family time all the time. And then look, and then I don't know what it's going to be after that. So like, I can't balance it out necessarily. What you're doing is you're going where the need is, but you're being mindful of the fact that the yes. other thing exists. So some weeks I hang out with my wife a lot and we love hanging out with one another. Other weeks, it's like, dude, I just got to work all week and just get stuff done. And she knows that you're making the whole thing you're, you're doing like, because oh, your slime is <laughs> Sorry, well, it's the size right? of the table now. So you're, you know, it's making <laughs> a situation. So I think that's what it is. It's, it is the fact that you're just being mindful that both things are important to do, but that you're like, you can't just perfectly balance them out. That's, you know, because maybe one week the help desk needs more than the tech stuff. Um, what's that? Um, I thought you were trying to motion to me. I was no, trying to make it look like I wasn't looking at you, but then that didn't work. All right. Uh, we're almost done. So PR2MCHL is saying, I'm a first year ELAR seventh and eighth grade teacher. Um, I'm spending hours lesson planning. Where can I get ideas so that I'm not working from sun up to sundown before I go to sleep? This is a great question. I suggest that th there's a couple of places. Oh, who's my girl on um, who did I meet with Jen Jones? Cammy. Oh, I forget what her name is she on Instagram. Yeah. So my friend Jen Jones is like huge on teachers pay teachers, but she's not a huge advocate all the time of teachers pay teachers because it's not about just putting worksheets in front of students. It's about finding things that actually get students engaged and make them want to learn. And you're really checking for understanding and not just giving them some cute worksheet. She works with a woman named Cami or has worked with, um, who's a teacher in South Dakota, North Dakota, one of those similar um just one's on top of the other so they she does a lot of work in this world as well where she does like really interesting activities with her students so i would try to find her on instagram and i can't remember her name is it's cammy and if you go to jen jones page you'll see that she like did a talk with her somewhere she has like these really cool glasses and stuff and she just looks like super fun um short of looking for people like that i think never recreate the wheel i think tailor things to your liking so typing in um what is she teaching uh seventh and eighth um whatever you're working on in seventh and eighth grade greatest romeo and juliet lesson ever um amazing seventh grade biology lesson whatever it is just doing that People will not post stuff online with great or awesome in front of it if it's not great or awesome. Like it's it's a lesson plan. It's not a recipe. And so doing that is going to get you through a lot of the nonsense that exists online. I think also using things like NewYorkTimes.com. If you type in New York Times um, lesson plans, they have a ton of cool stuff. And I also like the website. And I don't know that – I don't know how many people still use it, but – teachers.net which is harry wong's website I'm not a huge harry wong fan but um they his website has like teachers that just share free lesson plans with one another and i used to get tons and tons of stuff from them so that's what i would do um i think another person to hit up about this also is megan from too cool for middle school she teaches middle school and she teaches history and 
she always seems like she's doing cool stuff in her classroom. So that's probably a good person to like DM on Instagram to just see like, Hey, where do you get your stuff from? Reynolds sent me over. Um, you don't have to really say that I sent you over, but like that, that might be a good person to hit up as well. Um, Joshua, Joshua, I can't say your last name. Um, cause I'm just not good. Just not good at names. I'm good at decoding. I'm not good at decoding things. No. Mm. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Just put that right in my face. Um, <laughs> it's saying loves the videos. Thanks, man. I really, really appreciate that a, a lot. What are some good strategies or activities for when reading short stories together in class? I think connecting short stories to something that the kids already like is one way to do that. So when we read The Sniper every year, last year I connected it to Fortnite. So, and we kind of like drew the story out so that kids like, made it look like Fortnite. I also sometimes take short stories and I have like six different cells with lines underneath of them. So it's almost like a comic book and it's like, take this story and I'll make it into a comic book or, um, note, like what are the most important things that if someone else missed today and they weren't here, what would you need to tell them happened? Like, bro, pretty much what happened was dude was on a roof, start shooting at another guy, whatever the story is that that's how you tie that in. I think, uh, playing music behind what you're reading oftentimes. So if it's dramatic music or action music or whatever, uh, that that's a good idea also. Um, other than that, uh, having students like act things out is always fun. Having students reading character is always fun. Having students take like, like if you have Legos available or, or Play-Doh or clay or something like that, like making little representations of the story and of what's going on is a good idea too. So all that stuff is, is fun. Um, I don't know your name because it is a lot of numbers. So I'm just going to answer your question. It is, I've, I'm a student who keeps interrupting, or I have a student, I have a student, sorry, who keeps interrupting my class, shouting, laughing when grounded, doesn't care if we're having a conversation together. His parents are permissive and not supportive. He's a first grader. I would say, I I would go back to saying that all students are doing what they're doing for a reason. I think that not all students like, so Mr. Rogers used to have this song that said, what do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you could bite. And the story, what he's talking about in there is like, what do you do with what you're feeling inside? No student, no first grader just acts that way because they want to, right? Like they're acting that way because they are, they need to get rid of what's inside, what's pent up because it's too much for them. So what's going on in their lives? I would take time to just say, hey, what? like I'm noticing you're doing this in class and you know you're important to me, right? Like, you know that I really want you in your class. I actually, I actually kind of feel like really lucky that you get to be in my class this year. But sometimes your actions are showing me different. They're showing me that you don't want to be in my class or that you don't like what we're doing. And, and I just wanted to see, why, why that's happening in class. And, and, and I think just talking to kids about that kind of stuff, it helps. I think also having incentives, like, you know, I've really been, I've really been thinking a lot about like you being my helper in class and you like doing, having some special jobs in class, but I really, I can, I, I need to be able to trust you to be able to do that. Or I need you to be able to like stay seated or not shut up or, Oh, are we yelling? All right. I don't know if you're ready for the job today. Those kinds of things, I think, just work because you're you're on their level, but you're talking to them like you respect them, like they like grown ups talk to one another, and not like 
they're just a little kid. And I just think that that's how I would help. And then maybe reaching out to their kindergarten teacher, seeing how it was in their class and seeing what helped um, in their class as well. What do you got? Well, I have a lot more questions, but it's Anderson's. It is. So can we do one more? Oh, There's okay. a lot more questions, but we have to feed our kids so they don't Darn. just perish upstairs. And we have to make them shower because, you know. Because they won't do it themselves. I, I wonder if our kids would ever shower if we didn't make them. How do we get little hippie kids? I don't know. I don't know. Brody would because he's like 12 now and he's starting to care. He goes out in public and we can smell him. Uh, <laughs> Megan Ber Bernmeister is asking, I teach middle school and have an area to stand to work in the back of the room. Lots of students want to use it, but I but some really need it. How do I let those students that have uh, it without seeming unfair? That's a really great question. I think fair isn't equal and explaining to students, like maybe not in front of everyone, but like, look, let me break it down for you. This is you talking to students. I get that you want to sit back there. I really want you to sit back there also, but look at my man. Like he has a hard time just like he needs that space to be able to move around. Is there something else we can figure out that would help you feel like you could do that as well, because what kids really want is the special seat or the special treatment. They, it's not necessarily to be able to stand because that helps them do their work better. They want to stand because they want to be the kid in the back. They want to be the kid in the front. They want to be the one writing the thing on the board. So it's trying to help students figure out how they can feel valued, how they can be visible and, and how they can have some sort of like seemingly special treatment. Um, even though you're not giving that other student the desk because they are special, it's because they need it. Like, that's what I would do. Or is there a way that you can implement other standing desks? Like I have used everything from stuff that I've trash picked. I've had other teachers that have gotten like, um, islands from like the, like someone's throwing out like a kitchen island. They bring it in, getting old cabinets and putting a piece of plywood on the top of it, like figuring out ways that you can do that on the cheap that allow students the same thing. But I would, I would just break it down for them and say, but I want you to like, like, let's figure out a cool thing for you to do. Like, what else could we do? And have the students be a part of that conversation. And then whatever you bring in, whatever you figure out, I, you know, the hope is that the students are going to see like, wow, you like, you tried. And I really, really appreciate that. And I think that that, that helps all the time. Um, look, we got to get off now because my kids need to eat. And because my son, I'm, he's probably going to be like, I'm starving to death. Because he's 12. And that's all, all they do is eat because he's like the hungry, hungry caterpillar. Gang, I appreciate you coming on here. Um, like I said, the book's going to be out between end of January, beginning of March. Um, and if you need anything else, go over to the Facebook group. Go to realrapwithreynolds.com, and I will be more than happy to help you with anything that I can. Um, and that's that. Uh, Thank hey, you. thanks a lot. You, I'm going to say you. I don't know. You. You, you, Leah, I'm going to say that that is, and I really appreciate you giving uh, that money. That was really kind of you. Thank you so much. Um, gang, I hope you have a great week. I have first full week of students. I look forward to like being done with upgrade ed for now and shooting some videos in my classroom and showing you what's going on in there this year. And that's it. I'll see you next Sunday at 5 p.m. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week. Peace.